Hey, this is Leslie, host of the Rogue Ones podcast. Thank you for listening to this show. You know, I did this limited series in 2018 and 2019. The world was a wildly different place, but knowing that people are still listening to it now and benefiting from these stories brings immense satisfaction. So thank you. If you want to keep up with my own rogue adventures, you can follow me on Substack. Yes, I have one too. An easy link to find that is leslieethompson.com slash Substack. I write on there frequently, but then I'll also post audio vignettes that don't fit into a typical podcast framework. I've been busy, and I bet you have been too, Rogue One. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Now, here's the episode, and I hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Rogue Ones podcast, conversations with extraordinary people doing fascinating things that will encourage us to live with a bend toward the remarkable. Today's conversation is with a travel photographer and influencer who began life living on the other side of the world and started his rise to Instagram fame right as the platform was becoming popular. It's an episode about circumstance and dedication, and it's coming to you right now. Hello, Rogue One. This is your rogue leader, Leslie Eiler Thompson, back for another edition of the Rogue Ones podcast, in which we have the delight and privilege of sitting down with some extraordinary folks who found success with what they're doing. And we just talk to them about failures, successes, opportunities, and we see what we can glean from it. This episode's guest has over 280,000 followers on Instagram and travels the world taking gorgeous photos of landscapes in some of the most iconic parks and destinations across the globe. If you're able, go follow him on Instagram right now. His handle is Michael Maddie, that's M-A-T-T-I, and check out his work. We are actually second cousins, and our birthdays are days apart, but we didn't grow up together because he spent his childhood overseas. We saw each other periodically through the years, and we were able to trace his current circumstances back to those days, including the few times we saw each other as children. So please make welcome to the Rogue Ones podcast, Michael Maddie. I, mean, I think we've only spent like 10 hours total together. In our entire lives, yes. Yeah, I um, think so. <laughs> but what I remember is, and we're going to touch on this, is that you, your parents were um, missionaries in Indonesia and the Philippines, and you would come back to the States, and you rarely wore shirts, <laughs> and also no <laughs> shoes. So cool. Yeah. Um, and also, I remember there was a night where... We were bored at Grandma Rosie's house, your aunt and my grandma, uh, because she doesn't really have any technology, and you guys were comfortable with that. And I was just like, what am I supposed to do? And she had a lot of books. And I remember one day Laura picked up like a, um, oh, shoot, what are those little kids that live in the train? Yes, thank you. Boxcar children? She picked up a boxcar children book and just like sat and read it all day finished the thing it was amazing to me so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were definitely a ah, unique that's so children good. you could so, say so, so now i look back and it's so beneficial to have all those skills so michael is a, a photographer um a travel and outdoor photographer and an instagram influencer instagrammer there's like it's like the same thing yeah kind of. okay yeah yeah you can call it lots of different things um i post a lot on instagram and i um his story is very unique from the beginning to now and certainly 
with all the changes going on with social media and everything, it's just kind of a cool uh, conversation to have. So thank you for being here. One of the first things I like to ask my guests, it's a phrase from a musical, and um, the musical is Thoroughly a Modern Millie, and one of her favorite things to ask is, you were born and then what happened? And I think for you that's a particularly interesting question because you were born in a very different place for most of us. Yeah, so starting at the very beginning, um, I was born in Ujung Pandang, Indonesia. Um, that's uh, quite a bit to say, but now it's called Makassar. Um, and yeah, that's on the island of Sulawesi, right in the middle of Indonesia. And so I spent my first few years of life um, there in Indonesia and, and then lived in the Philippines as well. Um, as you said, my parents were missionaries. So yeah, we uh, lived in Indo both Indonesia and the Philippines and um, spent more time in the Philippines. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, it was very unconventional childhood, um, just kind of running around adventuring and you know building forts in the jungle and stuff. Um, and then ended up moving to the States um, when I was mm. in fifth grade. Um, Huge culture moved shock. Moved to Milford, I'm Indiana. Sure. Oh, yeah. It was it was difficult for all three of us kids. None of us really adjusted well. Um, just going from, like, living in the Philippines to then trying to fit in with, like, modern culture, pop culture in America. Um, we were definitely kind of out side of well and even norm. going from a tropical um, and just like to uh you know the midwest is just like bitter cold all the time yeah yeah oh that was yeah that was a struggle and i still don't like cold weather i think i still have tropical <laughs> blood flowing through my veins and can't can't deal with cold for too long yeah. um yeah that was but that you, was did an stay, adjustment you did stay you did stay in the midwest for school yeah, so I did. Ended up winning, went to middle school and high school, um, and then went to college in Indiana. Went to Indiana Wesleyan University mm -hmm. down in Marion, Indiana. Like a lot of people nowadays going to college, you're just kind of trying to figure it out, figure yourself out. Um, so I went in. I had done well in like math um, was my strongest subject. So I was like, well, computer programming that sounds like a good fit. So I went in as a computer science major, um, and then. Uh, started taking calculus too um, after the first semester, and I was like, <laughs> "Nope, I'm done with this." I, uh, yeah, wasn't ready for more math. I just was kind of tired of it and wanted something a little bit more creative and uh, less rigid, I guess. Um, so ended up uh, switching from computer science to um, intercultural ah. studies, which was uh, yeah, a bit of a jump. Yeah, that pendulum swung um, all the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the thought process there was like, you know, I grew up um, in another culture and just loved um, new places and new people and like connecting with people and cultures um, and all that. And so I was like, well, this could be a natural fit. So I switched to that, um, figured maybe I'd work overseas in something or a nonprofit mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and then ended up uh, kind of, I don't know, just didn't really connect with that. I think a lot of it was also sort of just review of like, things I already mm -hmm. knew in life, um, just from my experiences. Um, and so then I switched to business um, after that. And I think that was more just like, a, well, business is very broad. Everything's a business. Um, and so I'll figure out what mm -hmm. I want to do within business, um, maybe something entrepreneurial mm -hmm. type thing. Um, halfway through college, so after my sophomore year, I had a little point and shoot like a lot of people did at that time you know just um taking pictures 
of random stuff, posting trips on Facebook or whatever. Um, nothing serious. Um, I was at the beach um, with my family one day and dropped the camera in the sand and it, oh. it broke. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I want a new camera. I mean, I was pretty sad. It was like a $100 camera. Yeah, but still, every, in college, every, every dollar, dollar counts. counts. <laughs> I like, started looking at cameras and I had enjoyed, you know, taking pictures and kind of being more creative. And I was like, you know, these DSLRs, these kind of look cool. Like all these buttons and controls, like I could, you know, do so much more and maybe, you know, start taking like some cool photos and um, just kind of testing that out. So I ended up buying the cheapest DSLR they made at the time, which was a Canon Rebel XS. Bought that camera that summer and just playing around with it that summer really just fell in love with it. Mm. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I love taking photos and being creative and capturing um, moments and mm. sharing stories. Um, and so went back to college, changed my major to photography. Um, and at that point, I mean, I had a basic understanding of things, but I really didn't know yeah. that much about photography. And I was kind of um, jumping in a little late in the game um, in terms of like, I was, most of my classes were with younger kids because I was, you know, <laughs> two years into school. Um, but I ended up graduating on time uh, with a degree in Good photography. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, uh, I definitely had a lot to learn um, with photography. I think that's what's and... fascinating about that is the, um, there's an Instagram or Instagrammer named Jenna Kutcher, who's a wedding photographer in Wisconsin. And part of her story, she, she'll she share this all the time, is she started with a $200, like, Craigslist camera. And I feel like this Craigslist camera photo-taking culture is, I think a lot of people are really into that idea because they're like, ooh, that's a low level of whatever, but then I can charge somebody three grand for taking photos at their wedding, you know? So I think the... yeah commitment of majoring in um in photography is is really cool and i feel like it's is that a rare thing do you find that that's rare among photographers or um yeah it's definitely um rare in especially in mm. what i'm doing now um like the majority of my friends don't have any formal photography education um and then a lot of my friends um, or just like peop acquaintances that I went to school with um, that also studied photography, they aren't mm. doing anything with photography. So it's kind of, it can go either way. It really depends on the person. I um, think it also depends on what mm. kind of photography you want to do. Um, like you had mentioned wedding photography, that's kind of one of the easiest things mm. to just get into. Um, so in terms of a photography degree helping you with wedding photography, it won't as much as say a if you're working in like a commercial studio, um, working with a lot of like high-end lighting yeah. techniques and things like that, um, school will definitely help a lot more with that. So I went to school um, and the photography I studied was kind of like half um, commercial, half fine art. Um, and I kind of thought I wanted to do um, product oh, really? photography, um, working in studios. Like, yeah, with a lot of, because kind of with my stemming back to the computer science, just like, um, the different lighting setups and all of the technical information and stuff, uh, all the numbers and whatnot, I, that kind of appealed to me. Two days after I graduated, I uh, drove <laughs> out to Seattle, um, the made big the big move, move out west. Um, but yeah, when I moved out here, I started assisting at studios in the area that shot a lot of um, commercial and product stuff. And uh, I assisted at one 
quite often that shoots all the stuff mm. for Starbucks. So it's that's the kind of stuff that I uh, thought I wanted to be doing was just shooting um, different wow. products like that, um, which is it's, so weird yeah. to think about. Um, and then I also I also shot weddings um, even while I was in college. Started shooting weddings. Um, weddings are one of the best ways to make good money in photography mm -hmm. um, right out of the gate um, in terms of like, I can't just go shoot products for Starbucks. Right. Like I was just assisting. I was setting up lights and managing um, the files and stuff. Um, but weddings, you can just say, hey, I'm a wedding photographer. When you start out, it's a lot of referrals from friends. And when you're in college, you get a lot of right. those because everyone's getting married. <laughs> that's, that's just a, it's a so, great place to be when you're a wedding photographer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Do you find yeah. that you are um, more introverted so or extroverted? I find that I'm okay. very much in the middle on that. Um, I would classify myself as an extroverted introvert. Um, so I would be slightly more introverted in that I don't like big crowds and I don't um, do well like meeting people that I don't know and things like that. Um, just like um, I like small groups and um is that, that is like that one -on -one ambivert because i um, i often find i'm i'm there as well i'm very outgoing i do get energy from uh being with people especially people i know well it's very hard for me to wind down at night but i don't like going into a like a networking party for example it's just like pure hell like mm -hmm. i don't know anybody how am i supposed yeah, to yeah. why would i want to walk up to you and just shake your hand and Exactly. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't know. I'm yeah, just trying to maybe. see. If um, did product photography was that just? It felt a little less like um, having to be this extroverted, outgoing sort of thing. That's just always fascinating to me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Product photography, you're more like mm -hmm. just kind of on set, kind of dialed in. Um, wedding photography, though, I like I said, I am kind of extroverted in that, like. I do love people and I um, do love like connecting with people um, and wedding photography. One of the reasons I actually did enjoy it was like I got to capture these moments that people would, you know, enjoy for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And so it was very meaningful, um, which was different from the product photography because that, at least to me, wasn't super meaningful. It was just like I want to shoot this right. product, make it look good right. so that it can yeah. sell. Yeah. Um, and so the wedding photography was a nice um, change up from that. But I definitely did feel drained after like mm. every wedding I shot. It was almost like I would put on like my mm -hmm. work game face. And then once I took it off, I was like exhausted just, yeah. you know, talking to people and like um, commanding so people and what Seattle to do. And um, kind of in intended to do the, the product photos. And, th and then what happened? Yeah, so I was doing the product photography and the wedding photography, um, and I, I also considered doing wedding photography full time. Um, and so I did shoot quite a few weddings. I shot like twenty five weddings or so um, oh, over wow. the course of a couple of years, which is yeah, most people don't realize that when they look <laughs> at my photos now. Um, but then, just living out in Seattle, and one of the reasons I moved out to Seattle, besides having a sister that lived here, was um, just the mm. outdoor scene here. I mean, you've got mountains mm -hmm. just right outside of the city you've got forests waterfalls lakes and then the oceans right there um so there's just so much outdoors to explore and i i've always loved the outdoors kind of growing up in places where there was mm -hmm. lots of outdoors to explore i uh found myself drawn to the wild spaces here and just kind of was hiking and backpacking and camping just 
like for fun because it was what I love to do. And so I started um, taking my camera on those trips more and um, just shooting those and then um, started posting mm -hmm. those images and kind of like the more professional looking images on mm. my Instagram. Because um, up until that point, I had just been using Instagram like a lot of people where I'm just posting, you know, random pictures taken with my phone. Look of what I saw on the street this morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I've, think if you scroll back a lot, way back on my Instagram, you'll see pictures of like yep. pizza and a exactly. red box. So how like, is that? And, and that's the same for me, though, of course, I'm not like a Instagram or influencer, but like, and, and every so often I think I need to go back and archive those, but you know, it's going to take 15 hours. Was that transition right. for you? Like, was that an intentional thing? Did you struggle at all with that where you thought, okay, all of my followers, my friends on Instagram, suddenly I'm going to be like posting these photos that are like things like these are like, I'm becoming more of a thing. Was that a weird thing for you or did that, was it natural? Um, it was, it was kind of uh, it wasn't like a set decision sort of, so it was kind of um, slower, so it was a little bit more natural. Um, there wasn't one day where I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna post only these types of images. It was more like I would post, it started kind of over a summer. I did a lot of backpacking and stuff and I basically just kind of gradually got mm -hmm. more and more professional with it and started posting mm -hmm. the other stuff less and less. And then, um, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm starting to get some traction on these photos. Like people are liking and commenting and, um, you know, got up to like a couple and thousand what, what followers. And I was like, okay. Oh, that was, when was that? That was three okay, or four so years ago. So was that before Facebook acquired? Um, so it was like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was but definitely how did before you... Facebook acquired them. Um, I think it was man the algorithm yeah, thing like blows ago. my mind all the time and every time you know it's just like a, I just have no idea what's going on ever um, but at that time was it did you find that it was very organic like with people coming to find yeah. you what did that look like oh yeah um, and I was kind of fortunate to sort of get into the Instagram space at the time that I did I mean I was definitely behind um, some people who got into it sooner in terms of like turning a personal Instagram account into more mm -hmm. of like a professional brand. Um, but it was much easier when I got into it than mm -hmm. I would say it is now just because it's a lot more crowded of a space in terms of people posting professional images. When I got into it, it wasn't as mm -hmm. common of a thing. Um, That's interesting. And so that definitely helped me grow was kind of getting in that early yeah. wave of uh, these kind of professional Instagram, so to start, speak. Um, how did that start rolling? Like what? Yeah. So I also, again, kind of got fortunate. Um, I had a big, um, sort of jump start to my Instagram. Like I had said, I started it in the summer when I was backpacking and, um, posting all these outdoors kind of camping shots. And I think I was up to like 4,000 followers and then Instagram, um, itself, um, reached out to me and wanted to kind of share, um, me, oh, wow. my, my page as, you know, like an outdoor, they're like, we love what you're doing in the outdoors. Want to share, um, kind of your like camping, um, portfolio. And hmm. I was like, oh, that's amazing. So ended up getting a, um, feature from Instagram. Oh. So they shared like a photo of mine and like mentioned me and they shared it on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and 
Twitter and their blog and everything. Um, and so in a matter of three days, I went from uh, 4,000 followers to 25,000 wow. followers. And so from there, it was like, I mean, yeah. I guess you could say do the rest was history. Um, was that? So they do. And I've been shared since Very then by cool. Instagram in sort of the same um, realm. But I think the last time I was shared by them, it was like 3,000 followers. So it was, it was just right at time. like this time where everybody was kind of more keen to follow people. Um, nowadays, people are already kind of right. following who they're following and they're not looking to follow right. as many new people as they once were. Um, just if you look at how many people are following now versus how many people people were following back three years ago. Like, yeah, I kind of just got lucky um, to get in at the right time. And I mean, I think I would have continued on the path mm -hmm. that I'm on now. Um, I would just be a little bit behind in that path because I, I was growing at a fast rate and like would have continued to grow, but definitely that early boost oh, from Instagram itself helpful. was uh, yeah, a catalyst that sort of um, launched me into what I'm doing now quicker than I would have had. Uh, Did you ever you have know, like done a plan on my own? You're like, I'm gonna keep pushing this because this is going really well. Or were you just always doing the backpacking, taking the photos, and just posting them because you love to do it? You know, when did it sort of become like, oh wait, this is a thing? Yeah, um, it definitely started out as just kind of doing it for fun and sharing it with my friends. Because when I started out, the only people following me were like my mm -hmm. friends, people I'd met in college and stuff. Um, so it was, yeah, just for fun and then started, it's definitely a gradual process mm -hmm. um, and started out just posting and then kind of grew and then didn't, there wasn't kind of a moment where I was like, this is what I'm doing as my career. It slowly transitioned into that. So you start out where it's like, oh, this company is going to give me a free thing <laughs> to post on Instagram. This is amazing. Um, and like, I remember doing my first hotel stay with a hotel and it was like, I get to stay at this hotel for free. Um, just share about it on Instagram. Like, so it starts out kind of, uh, it was in Banff, Canada, actually. Um, it's one of my favorite places up there. And it, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was crazy to get that first hotel stay and kind of, as I started to get more and more, um, free things and then eventually started to make a little bit of money it would be like oh a hundred dollars to post here or like you know even i think i started with yeah. some posts were like fifty dollars um you just start out like really small and then as my account's grown like i've been able to make mm -hmm. more and more money from it um and just get recognized by more brands and get hired for more jobs and then slowly i mean it's been over the course of three years um i stopped doing the assisting at product studios and then I stopped shooting weddings about two years ago um, and so I've been doing this whole like travel work with outdoor and tourism brands um, through Instagram full-time for the last so do you find two that years your business now. degree helped you with all of that like are you finding you're like oh wow actually this was very helpful yeah so studying business definitely helped and like honestly for what I'm doing now like Having a business degree probably would help more than mm -hmm. the technical photography stuff that I learned just because I'm like traveling and shooting and I'm not more in a studio. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, you can be 
the best photographer, but if you're not able to yeah. handle the business side of things, like you're not able to make a well, career a out of it. I think like it's, a lot know. of the things you're saying I relate to in the music sense, the music side of things. There are so many people that go to music school and my emphasis was music tech. So I was learning a lot of things that weren't just simply like singing, but I've had a lot of conversations with former classmates who are waiters, waitresses, not even really doing any music anymore. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, and what I do in the marketing side of things and, and branding, actually there's a lot of stuff that I learned in college that contribute to that, the idea of building and building an identity and being an artist and who are you as an artist and all those things go into brand development. Um, and so yeah. I think it's very interesting that for those of us who, who do choose to go to college, because certainly that's not everybody, but uh, it's just very interesting how the little things kind of uh, pop up and startle you years later as being relevant and you didn't think they were yep, exactly what's, what's in the future for you like what are you just kind of operating like living in the moment which is wonderful um or do you have any like long-term goals what's the thought yeah um i mean this whole process is new for everyone right. not just me um this kind of new realm of social media and like making money off of it um it's this whole new concept so i think myself and just most of the people in this space are kind of just mm -hmm. taking it as it comes and um looking to build off the success they've already found um and so that's kind of what i'm doing is just kind of um building on what i have and um it's been encouraging to see like i'll do mm -hmm. a job now that I would have done the exact same job for like a quarter of <laughs> the money funny? like two years ago. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's great to just kind of continue mm -hmm. to build um, my business and um, just being open to what comes next. And um, that helps being with the freelance life, um, just having complete flexibility. Like I can choose projects here or there and I can come up with my own projects and I can pitch whatever well, I want. And that's and, interesting you say that because um, I think from what I've observed in the Instagram or influencer world, you know, you can, you can either just take anybody who comes to you and like, we're going to pay you this much to do this thing. Um, or there's a sort of, there's a sort of crafting that can go into it with, okay, I've had these brands reach out to me as wanting representation. What if I craft this sort of a thing? So it's not just purely like, look at this product, but it's an all out experience of, I go here while well, I'm using this and like, or, or something even more developed than that. Do you find yourself doing that a lot? Oh yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of, um, selection and kind of working with brands to make sure that, um, what I'm putting out there to people is fits well with the brand, my personal brand that I've established. Um, because you don't want to, I'm not going to post, you know, no. like cosmetics <laughs> on my page or something like completely random. Um, even if it pays, I mean, I guess yeah, everybody yeah, has their price, yeah, but, true. um, yeah. no, I, I turned down a lot, um, in order mm. to keep my brand Well, that's brand something I was just strong. listening to Tim Ferriss, who's four hour work week, was listening to a podcast of his the other day. Yeah. He mentioned he only takes about 25% of the sponsorship inquiries, um, yeah, it's it's definitely important to make sure that you're um, kind of respecting your audience. And I think that, that idea of taking care of your audience versus because ultimately you realize the people that are following you are the ones that are going to help 
your career long-term, but you're also kind of influencing them in a good way and you want to be able to be a good steward of, of those resources. So in this whole kind of whirlwind experience for you, has there ever been like an out of body moment where you're like, what in the world? How is this? How is this happening to me? How did I get here? This is the coolest thing I've ever done ever. Yeah. I mean, I have those all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just not, not that my life's like this amazing thing, but like, I don't know in when, even when I was studying photography in college, like, uh, I would have these thoughts of, you know, it'd be amazing to travel around the world and take photos, but I sort of never really thought that it would actually be possible to make money. That's kind of why, I mean, I went into product photography because it was what I thought I could make a career out of and actually make money from. Um, And I did enjoy it and same thing with weddings, but I, yeah, had always had these thoughts of, you know, traveling the world and taking photos, but I was like, there's no way to make money out of that. Like you can't do that. So yeah, I, I mean, almost every trip I go on, I'm just like, is this happening? Like, I'm actually like, this Are is my job. Are there any times job. you're taking this trips and it's not your job and you're just tripping? Oh, oh yeah. All the time. I mean, I probably travel just as much, if not more on my own than for work. Um, just cause I love travel so much. Um, and I love experiencing places and it is different when I do a work trip versus when I do a personal trip. Um, it's kind of nice to have those personal trips because, I'm completely on my own schedule and like deciding what I want to shoot and see and experience as opposed to work trips. You know, there's always an agenda and sure. I still enjoy them and it's still sure. an amazing experience, but there's, it's a work trip. Right, so absolutely. there's work to it, um, which, but they do look pretty similar in terms of work trips and personal trips, which I think is yeah. a good sign you're that doing I'm that, you, doing the right doing thing, the thing that, that you love. And it's, and it's fortunate that you, yeah, exactly. you get to do that. And I think it's funny, like, like our parents' generations would probably look at what some of what our generation does and like, wow, that's you're getting paid to do that. That's crazy. But it's fortunately the world that we're we're cultivating, you know, for ourselves. Um, yeah, it's definitely been interesting to kind of watch even my parents kind of come around a little bit, and then like my grandpa, like trying to explain oh to him what I do, oh and like, yeah, it's, I know yeah. that struggle. Um, it's been, it's been fun because it's just so different. Like the lifestyle that I live, um, versus like the traditional nine to five. Is it one of those things where every time you see him, he's like, now what do you do again? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Well, it's even my, but he loves it. He's excited because he loves travel too. And like my whole family loves travel. So they're really supportive and, uh, sometimes Uh, jealous of what I do. I guess. On your trips that are just you, um, do you find those to be really creatively um, inspiring times or do you find a lot of creative inspiration before those trips and that's why you go on them? Or like, you know, like what is your creative process for photography? Is that a silly question? Uh, no, I mean, it, it's definitely different um, for every trip and um, kind of going back to just the freelance lifestyle that I live, it gives me the flexibility to um, kind of pick and choose destinations mm-hmm. that I want to go to. So oftentimes I'm not um, even picking the destination and being like, I need to go here and then planning a trip. It's I almost sometimes like look at 
where cheap mm. tickets are too mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, especially if I'm, you know, traveling on my own. Um, and then there'll maybe a couple destinations I have in mind. And then, oh, I see a cheap ticket to this destination I had in mind. And oh, then I right. start planning my trip. Um, and are you, do you go like just you or do you have like some friends that go with you or like? Yeah, it depends on the trips and who I can <laughs> rope into right. traveling with me. Um, so my roommate who I lived with in college and, um, live with now in Seattle. He does a few trips with me every year um, just because he's he's right. close by and so like the next my next trip oh, is to wonderful. New Zealand so like it was a flight deal that I had found online um, and it was three <laughs> o'clock in the morning like who else is gonna buy tickets you just with like me bang at three o'clock in the morning your, your then the guy the literally yeah it was three o'clock in the morning I walked into his room and I was like hey hey Caleb are you awake? <laughs> And he was like, what? I was like, we got to buy tickets to New Zealand right now. And he was like, all right, I'm down. And that's the thing. Even my personal trips aren't completely personal. Like I'm always sort of building my brand and building my portfolio. And then like, I'm also um, like Instagram, not everything is just sponsored posts on Instagram. There's a lot of like image licensing and like content creation shooting products. So sometimes when I go on trips, I'll have products that I'm shooting um, just for like a company like um, a brand once images and I'm going to a cool place like it fits um, and then also just I can always license images after yeah. the fact um, even though those brands and those like magazines and stuff they do find mm -hmm. me through Instagram now um, it's kind of been interesting to see that shift how like your website and stuff isn't as important yeah, as your Instagram um, like big magazines are like looking on Instagram for photos to license it's, um, so yeah, and I noticed on your website you're also selling Lightroom presets yeah, so um, that was something I started doing a little over a year ago now, just um, kind of another um, stream of revenue and sort of helping people in their editing, and um, it's been fun. People have, I think, really well, enjoyed them so, so far. What I when I was looking at them is when, I, when we were first talking about you being a guest on this podcast, I just was letting my mind wander one night, and I was like, man, how does he get those colors? How does he... Because you're, you're like Seattle fall photography. I'm a big fall fan. And it's just oh, the most yeah. gorgeous thing. All that foliage and the oranges and the reds. And I was like, man, how does he do that? And then I saw on your website you had the before and after. And I was like, well, the before looks pretty good. But, man, that looks great. So just a little plug. If you yeah. want some good fall photos, go to michaelmaddy.com and get you some Lightroom presets. Is yeah, there a place but, that you yeah. like to go like a lot like do you ever like to to repeat trips or are you more of a go to new places all the time um a little bit of both but i do find that like once i go to a place i often find that i go to that place again relatively quickly um it's happened multiple times where i've never been to a place um and then i find myself there a couple times within a short period of time and that happened with Alaska for me I hadn't been to Alaska and then all of a sudden I was there like a couple uh, oh, just like two months apart and I then the same thing with Alaska. Hawaii I'm a I'm a massive idea oh, Alaska is amazing like, huge like raging oh okay yeah Alaska in March is just beautiful I that was my first trip up there and <gasps> oh, caught the wow. northern lights um, and then dog sledding is a blast I mean I didn't do anything like the yeah. idea rod but I went dog sledding in Montana this last year and it was so fun. So I can imagine what the combination of Alaska oh, and word. 
like really There's professional a guy named dog Martin sledding Zuzer, would be. He's won about five or six times. He's a legend in the thing, and he happens to be friends with somebody who's friends with somebody who lives here. And we met at one point, and she knows how much I'm into him. And he came down for a lecture at Vanderbilt, and she invited me to lunch with him, and like. It oh, was wow. like one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And I was sitting there like, I don't know if you watch Parks and Recreation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, small oh, town yeah, in Indiana. Right. You gotta watch oh, Parks and Oh my Rec. gosh, I'm sure you related <laughs> so much more than I did. But do you remember when she met oh, Joe yeah. Biden? Yeah, that was me. That was yeah. me and Martin Boozner. So yeah, so you, <laughs> you are repeating trips pretty quickly after you go to them. Yeah, or it's just all like find something I love about a place, um, and I do love going back to places. But I also enjoy um, seeing new places, and I try and visit you know new places every year. Um, Bali is a place that I keep going back to. Just like growing up in Indonesia, we would go to Bali kind of as like the vacation spot. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've made th I made a trip in college with my family, and then um, I've done two trips now on my own as an adult. Um, just because I love it there so much. Where do you want to go that you haven't gone yet? <laughs> oh, so many places. <laughs> so many places. Um, top places would definitely be, I want to get up to um, northern Norway, mm -hmm. Lofoten Islands. Um, really want to get up there and then really want to check out Peru as well. Haven't been Does it, there do yet. Do you find that you want to go to a place because you know you can get great photos and that brings you joy? Or do you just know that you want to go to a place just to experience it and the photos will come, you know? Um, yeah, it's lucky, luckily for me, um, they're kind of mm -hmm. one and the same. Like mm -hmm. the places I enjoy are the places <laughs> that I get great photos. Um, just because I'm drawn to like the wide open spaces and the big mountains mm -hmm. and the rugged landscapes. And those are yep. the places that I shoot. So it sort of, they fit together. Um, I mean, I do enjoy exploring, um, new cities um for a little bit um but i don't that's not like my favorite mm -hmm. thing to do when traveling um like I, I mean i love it like did a trip around southeast asia to some of the biggest cities there like hong kong and tokyo and taipei and it was super fun but i was definitely more tired after being in big yeah. cities for an entire trip than like i am after right. backpacking in right. patagonia and stuff just because that excites me so much more a longer term overseas trip are you able to say like okay you should start here or like this is a place that i feel like everybody should go once in their lifetime um definitely canada i mean it's almost like you could start with canada essentially because it's very similar to the u.s i mean everyone speaks english it's very easy to travel there and banff area is just incredible um the mountains there are some of my favorite and then i really like the vancouver area so i mean you can start by just crossing the border to the north kind of <laughs> dipping your toes in international travel road trip oh yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly um or even i mean hawaii is within the u.s but when i travel there it almost feels like i'm doing a trip to another country um oh, man you look at a map and that yeah that state is not yeah it's way out there and close. if you if you get away from like the resorts and the beaches. Um, it can be a pretty wild, cool experience, um, especially going to like Kauai or Maui um, and just exploring off of the touristy beaches. Um, mm -hmm. That's a good way to kind of start traveling. Um, same thing with Alaska too, it's kind of out there. 
I think international travel is something everyone should do at some point. Um, just you learn a lot um, traveling. There's definitely um, a lot that traveling opens your eyes to and just kind of like makes you see that there's more than just the life that you're living here in the States or the lives of the people around you. There's a lot more going on in the world than uh, we sometimes see. Um, so what's next for you as we wrap up? What are you, like, what's your next trip? What are some projects you're excited about? Yeah, so uh, next trip for me is the one to New Zealand coming up. I was first there, and that was kind of my first, that was my first international trip after I switched my major to photography. I went in college. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, went in college with, um, like, three weeks and road tripped around both islands. Um, and mm -hmm. so I'm really excited to go back because I look at those images, and they're terrible i mean <laughs> so bad so i'm excited to go. and you am sure you've yeah. grown so much since then oh yeah so i'm excited to go back and kind of revisit some of the places i'm sure it'll be a lot more touristy now than it was six years oh, ago i can't wait to see i can't wait to see um, what what you come back with but yeah That'll so i i've got that trip and then i'm going up to canada um for like a week right after that and then right after the canada trip i'm heading down to uh patagonia again this mm. year. I went last year for the first time. It was kind of my bucket list destination mm -hmm. that I hadn't checked off yet. Um, and went last year and just fell in love with it. Um, going mm. in April, pretty much all of April, going for three weeks again this year. Um, it's oh, their good. fall down there. So it's just such a beautiful time. And the mountains are incredible in Patagonia. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. And for our listeners, you can view his work, of course, on Instagram at Michael Maddie. Um, and then you can check out michaelmaddy.com where you can buy prints and presets and just follow along with all his travels. So thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. Any, any closing words for our listening audience? Uh, yeah, just happy to be on and chat today. And if anyone else has any follow-up questions to this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I try to get to all my DMs on Instagram or send me an email and I'll be happy to connect with you. Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Rogue Ones podcast. It was so good to have you along. I want to give a special thank you to Ryan Swinehart of Sick Island Studios here in Nashville for mixing and mastering this podcast. Uh, a few people have asked me where they can find the I'm a Rogue t-shirt featured on my Instagram, which, by the way, is Leslie Gone Rogue. Uh, I have these amazingly comfortable t-shirts on the Rogue Marketplace, and you can get a shirt for yourself at rogueonespodcast.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Rogue One Spotify playlist, and it's curated by podcast followers. It features songs to make you feel like a true rogue, including my personal favorite, We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. I mean, really, is there a better song in this world? There is not. So go check it out at rogueonespodcast.com. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>